Anybody anxious? You know, anxiety is not a new thing. And coronavirus is not the first disease to rock the world. Life is dangerous. It always has been. It always will be. The only variable is the danger du jour. Now, a long time ago, or or actually in our time right now, we don't have to worry about being eaten by dinosaurs or enslaved by invading armies or dying from a cut that got infected because nobody invented Neosporin yet. But the people that were faced a long time ago with those kind of threats, they did not have to worry about layoffs and car wrecks and plane crashes and stock market crashes. You see, life is dangerous. It always has been. And people have always had to deal with that kind of stuff that we prayed about in the Great Litany a couple of weeks ago. You remember that? From lightning and tempest, from earthquake, fire and flood, from plague, pestilence and famine, from dying suddenly and unprepared, good Lord, deliver us. Everyone, everywhere, has always experienced scary stuff. And because of that, God's people through the ages have gotten really good at facing threats and dancing with danger. Now, that's not because we're smarter or braver or better than everyone else. It's because we know a God who is smarter and braver and better than anything else. A God who is with us always, even to the end of the age. A God who offers us reliable resources that if they don't get us out of our troubles, at least will get us through them. God loves us, and He's with us. He offers us those things. And in this this present circumstance, therefore, it would seem wise to utilize what God's people have used through the ages that they have found to be helpful and hopeful, including something that we just prayed a few minutes ago, words that have sustained and comforted and encouraged God's people for 3,000 years. That would be Psalm 23 going to be up on the screen. It's in your bulletin, certainly in your Bible. It's in your book of common prayer. I hope that it's in your heart and your mind. And if it's not yet today, it will be at the end of today because these six short verses go a long way towards helping us to go in peace as we love and serve the Lord. Now, you know how it opens. The Lord is my shepherd. And as you hear those words, lots of different feelings ripple through the room as some of us roll our eyes and go, I've been to a funeral, I've heard this before. But others of us are having a flashback to a funeral of someone that we loved. And we're having to process some feelings about hearing this psalm again. But for all of us, because few of us have much contact with sheep and because none of us have ever been a shepherd The image that pops in our mind probably is something from a stained glass window or a classical painting or a a story, a Bible storybook for children, none of which, none of those images conveys the power and the depth of this metaphor. But the guy who wrote those words didn't write them just to be poetic or maudlin. He wrote them because he understood precisely the power and the depth of those words, because he was a shepherd. 
We heard about that today in the, in the first lesson. 3,000 years ago, the prophet Samuel goes to Bethlehem. Well, you've heard of that place, right? He goes to Bethlehem to a, a guy named Jesse's house because God has told Samuel that he's supposed to anoint one of Jesse's sons to be the next king of Israel. Well, Jesse prayed seven of his sons out there, and every time one comes out, the Holy Spirit says to Samuel, nope, that's not the one. Because you humans, you look at people's appearance on the outside, but God considers the content of your character. Well, Samuel says, is that all the sons you got? Jesse scratches his head and thinks, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. oh yeah, there, there's one more, there's the youngest, the least, the least important, the one that we stick out back to watch the sheep, because he's, he's last and the least. Samuel says, go send for him. Well, they bring him in, and the Holy Spirit whispers to Samuel, that's the guy. The Lord is my shepherd. And David, who wrote those, his only exposure to sheep was not watching YouTube videos. He had spent countless hours, day and night, with sheep in every kind of weather, looking and searching for grass and for water and then leading his sheep there, wandering around, searching for the ones that had wandered off, chasing away predators and people who were trying to steal one, singing to them at night when they got scared, and watching over them always to ensure their health and their safety at the expense of his own health and safety. A good shepherd will do that. And we have a good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And no matter what the weather or what falls out of the sky or what disease comes down the pike, God is with us always. He is with us always, watching out over us, ensuring our eternal health and safety at the expense of His own, as you can see by Jesus hanging on the cross. You see, David could write these words because he knew exactly what they meant. The Lord is my shepherd means that God cares about, cares for, and takes care of me and you and you and you and you. And He takes care of us always. The Lord is my shepherd. And David could write those words, and we can hear those words and take courage from those words. In fact, those may be the most encouraging words there are in the Bible. The Lord is my shepherd. And actually, David could have stopped right there, and that psalm would have been, been complete. But God knows that none of us knows, like David, the full depth of what those words mean. So he prompted David to keep on writing. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want, which means I will lack nothing. God will provide everything I need. Now, you may have gone to Publix or Walmart this week and discovered that you weren't able to get everything you wanted, but you know, I bet God has provided everything you need, and I would bet that everybody in here and even out there has at least enough toilet paper to scrape by. And even if you had to dig a little deeper in the freezer or in the pantry, I bet none of us missed a meal this week. That's because, because God promises to give us this day our daily bread. Now, you say, but my daily bread, what I've got today is not good enough for tomorrow. It's not going to hold me tomorrow. Well, that's okay, because 
today's bread is not supposed to take care of you tomorrow. God will give you fresh bread tomorrow. And as you went to the stores, you discovered if too many people grab too much of their daily bread today, more than they need, there may be folks that don't get any of their daily bread. And if fear has grabbed you and you go to the store and you're thinking, I better stock up in all of this because I may not have enough, when we do that, we might keep someone else from having enough. And when that fear crawls up out of your gut and tries to grab you around the throat, remind yourself, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. And when you get down to that last half roll of toilet paper and that Lysol can is just kind of spritzing out, or your bank balance approaches zero because you've been laid off and you're not sure when your business is going to go back to work, remind yourself, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. Verse 2, He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. God is going to take us. He's got green pastures and still waters out there for us somewhere. And He's leading us there as long as we are following and listening and, and, and staying right close behind Him. Which means if where you are right now is not a green pasture or not still waters, don't lie down. Don't quit now. Keep listening. Keep following. Because God is going to, God your good shepherd is going to take you there. And then he's going to make you lie down and give you rest and plenty to eat. But in the meantime, don't think, oh, no, I don't see it. It must not exist. No, it's, it's not that it doesn't exist or that it's not there. You just haven't gotten there yet. Now, all of us are praying for this disease to be over. And just because it's not over yet doesn't mean it's not going to be over. It's just not over yet. Verse 3, he revives my soul and guides me along right pathways for his name's sake. God leads and guides us. He takes us where he wants to be. And like, like a shepherd, he leads us there. Now, Middle Eastern shepherds always lead their sheep. They don't drive them like American cowboys, you know, hit them up, move them out. No, they get in front of their sheep and they have a particular whistle or a song or a sound or a word that they do, that each of their sheep knows what their shepherd does and what sound it is that they make, so that when flocks get together in a field or on the road and they mix and mingle, each sheep knows which shepherd to follow. Now, that works with children, too. When my kids were little, all I had to do was go, and they knew that meant either come here or at least look up and pay attention. And I could go, in any public place, or in church. Because, you know, when your dad's the priest, you have to pay attention to that kind of stuff. <laughs> and nobody else heard it, but my kids did because their ears were tuned to that whistle. Let's tune our ears to our shepherd, to his voice, to his whistle, so that when he just, that we'll look up and we'll listen and follow. Verse Four, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. And too many people stop right there. And they think, i got to muscle my way through fear, and, and I'm not going to be afraid, even though I really am. But that's not what that verse says. It's not what that verse means. It's not where that verse stops. 
Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God is with us. And I'm not afraid, not because I'm the baddest, toughest dude around. I'm not afraid because God is the goodest, toughest God around. And no matter what happens, I know that He's with me and I don't need to fear any evil because His rod and His staff, they comfort me. And He's right there with me. Now, does, does this mean that I don't have to worry about death? or the coronavirus, or that I'm not going to die, or that I'm not going to get sick? No, of course not. It does not mean that at all. Everybody dies. Remember what we said to you on Ash Wednesday when we smeared that cross on you? Remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Everybody is going to die. We are all going to return to dust. Every one of us is going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death at some point. But when we do... We don't have to be afraid because God is with us. Jesus went to the grave and came back to show us that death is not the end. It's only graduation from one life to another. And there's nothing to be afraid of. Now, this also does not give me permission to hasten my death through suicide or to step out in front of a truck thinking that God's going to save me. That would just be stupid. God wants us to cooperate with Him and do what is healthiest and the safest, which is why all of you folks who are watching this online, I respect and I honor your decision to stay home, that you've looked, at, looked and listened to the evidence and you've discerned and you've prayed that this would be the healthiest, safest thing for you to, for you to do in your condition and in these particular situations. And I honor and respect that. But I also know that there are a whole bunch of folks that have looked at the same evidence and they have discerned that what is healthiest and best and safest for them is to be here together, to worship together, to pray together, to encourage each other, to greet each other, to touch in with each other, if not skin to skin, at least face to face. And I honor that decision as well, which is why I'm here and why we're going to have all of our services at the regular times Every Sunday, no matter what falls out of the sky or blows in from a hurricane or comes up from any place as a disease. Because I understand that my role as your priest and your shepherd is to be here for you, whether you're here in person or watching us online, whichever works for you, I'm here for you. Good shepherd will do that. David writes, you spread a table before me in the presence of those who trouble me. You've anointed my head with oil, and my cup is running over. Perhaps some of you are feeling a little troubled right now. Well, God knows that. The church knows that. I know that. And that's why we are spreading a table before you in the presence of what is troubling you. And for you who are here right now, we're about to take communion and we're going to enjoy that meal that God gives us. And for those of you who are watching this online, we're going to have drive-through communion starting tomorrow, Monday through Friday from noon to 1 and from 5 to 6 p.m. out front on the Tilden Street side of the church. And one of our clergy will be there to serve you communion in a clean, sanitary, sterile fashion. Details are on the website. Go check it out. 
David ends, surely your goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is our shepherd, and he cares about us, and he cares for us, and he takes care of us, and he has a place for each of us to dwell in his house, in his household, in his family forever. Anxiety is nothing new. And this corona thing is not the first disease to rock the world. But if this illness is rocking your world, I urge you to pray. Pray those words that have sustained and encouraged and comforted God's people for 3,000 years. Because God, God cares about you and God cares for you and God is taking care of you because God loves you. Let's pray them together now. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. He revives my soul and guides me along right pathways for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You've spread a table before me in the presence of those who trouble me. You have anointed my head with oil, and my cup is running over. Surely your goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen.